We are back. Oh, John, just a little bit late. No big deal, guys. Um, he will be back in just a second. If you probably, you might need to do a refresh on the channel. If not, don't worry about it. He'll be back shortly because we are back in live. And Kathy is at least here. She's at least remembers that we're doing a podcast today. <laughs> we'll give John a bunch of shit when he comes back. He would probably want to get more alcohol. Um, what episode are we on now, Kathy? Uh, 41, 41? I want to say. Dang. That was the shortest break ever. It was about it five was minutes. Short. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I looked at the time. It wasn't. It was I know. like... <laughs> it was like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. So we are back, and we are back on episode 41. Uh, topic today is going to be, what do you do if you own too many miniatures? Uh, too many games, too many armies. Um, I know it's a sore subject for a lot of people because a lot of people say there is no such thing, but there is. Um, other than that, let's go with our tradition. Kathy, what you drinking today? You drinking rum and coke. Good old rum and coke. Uh, do you have a coffee? I do have a coffee. Okay. So it wouldn't, wouldn't be normal if you didn't have your coffee with you somewhere. John, what you drinking today? With no, no, no poll to see if people can guess if it's fruity or not. No, no, no. We're, we're, we will start doing that after a while. Uh, since you know, since you're in your new place, I didn't know if you had access to you know fruity drinks or you know whatever. All the better time it, to do a it's, poll. It's not like I'm in Fallujah or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I have access to plenty. I I am drinking a rum and Dr Pepper. Okay. Um, and, uh, mine. Is just simple Maker's Mark. Ooh, yum! Yeah. yeah, I didn't eat my dinner yet, so I'm trying to avoid the straight alcohol. Well, aside from one thing, one one little bit of sad business, I will have some straight alcohol for. So, um, we do have to give a shout out, um, John, Kathy. Who is the Who is the individual that passed away recently that we needed to give a shout out? Y'all had mentioned something, and I totally forgot about it. Uh, Robert Heinlein. Yeah, Ro no, uh, Robert Heinlein. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. I was... I'm sorry. I was just looking at a book of his. Oh, Harlan Ellison. Thank you. And who is this Harlan Ellison? <sighs> I assume you're asking so we can tell someone else and you actually know. But, yes, uh, yes. He is, um, God, you'd call him one of the fathers of modern science fiction. That would uh, not be... A seminal writer of speculative fiction. Something He's been involved in so many things. Uh, he has Star Trek, the original series, writing credits. He was a creative consultant on Babylon 5. He's done a ton of stuff. And he's notoriously cantankerous, but apparently that's just sort of his persona. I've heard from a lot of writer, young writers and all that he would always have the time of day to help them out, you know, give them advice, do whatever, which is great. He was... Uh, uh, he, he was a great science fiction writer and a terrible loss to a, pretty much our, you know, chosen sort of genre of, uh, of fiction. Um, and was his passing like, uh, what not suicide was it? It was old age. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure. I was, was like 90 sure was or old age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. good. I mean, living to what? I think he passed away. He was like 89. Or something Let, like let's that. Let's do math. He was eighty-four. Eighty-four. That's 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 a good long life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, to lose a good science writer. 
and for everybody staying healthy and happy. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, man, that's good. Let's switch over to this painting cam real quick and get that out of the way so I can show what I'm going to be painting and we'll start talking on our subject. Um, you probably need to put our goals up here. I haven't put our goals up here in a long time. Because you got to uh, have goals. We have well, goals. I don't even know if I have it on this one. Uh-oh. They got to have goals. Well, I have the we don't have goals in life. What are you doing? They don't have it on our one. Oh, well. We'll have to see if we get uh, we our goal. We need 13 more followers. We need 13, 13 followers. More. Guys, if you're, if you're watching um, and you know 13 people, tell them to come over to Twitch, make account, come and click and follow on us. Because once we hit that the 200 mark, which is a really good thing for us, we will give away something on the podcast uh, at the if end of the show. Not, if, you're, if you're watching and you're not following us, please just click the button and give us a follow. It doesn't yeah. cost you anything. Yeah. Be, All we'll do is let you know when we're live so you can come watch us again. Yep. Um, so I'm going to paint um, a, spell effect. The, the, a spell effect that is for the new Age of Sigmar, um, which I will be doing a review of soon after I get a few more games under my belt. Um, <laughs> uh, I can give them a capsule review. No. No, no, it's, it's, it's a good one. No. Every change they made was good. Yeah, that's pretty much what that's, that's good. Oh, yeah. Um, and so what I'm going to do with this one before we get started is I have some, check out, this will bring back some memories for you, Kathy and John. Check out this. Citadel color yellow wash in the hexagon bottles. Wow. Wow. Coat the arms paints. Yeah, this thing is old <laughs> school. So, um. Okay, you don't have to review Age of Sigmar. So we're going to be doing that. Um, other than that, ooh, banging my light around. Um, what do you do if you have way too many models? Let, let, let's start off with how much is too many. Well, let's see. How much is too many? That's a tough question. Uh, it's sort of, that's a combination of how much space do you have, how much time do you have, and how much do you gain? And do you do it for a living? Because, you know... You know, then you can't really have too many. I think we should handle those in, in uh, each one separately. Uh, let's start with uh, Kathy, as you know. With, with, you know, since Kathy can get the, her thing on that, like, is, you know, do you do this for a living? Because if so, it's a lot different number of models. Yeah. Yeah, since, since Jim and I both paint models for a living, there are models all over our house. I would say in... Just about every room, there are models. That probably even the bedroom. I was just gonna say possibly not, but no, probably even still. And if it isn't models, then it's something related to them. <laughs> you know, paint or brushes or uh, art books or uh, bases. I I have found oh. bases on the floor in the bedroom. You know, the bathroom. That's a good question, Congo. Are there any in the bathroom? No. Nope. <laughs> but you had to think about it. because I, 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 I did have to think about it. Although there are paintbrushes, old paintbrushes that I've used for my hair as oh. hair sticks. Well, you used to have uh, role-playing old, uh, so <clears throat> little peek behind. Certain companies would make you just tear off the cover of a book 
And oh that time God, I was destroying you know, it. I totally have old 40k books in the bathroom. Uh-oh. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, we used to keep old books in the bathroom just as reading material when you're... Hey, Scotty, you're welcome. ...occupied. Hey, Covenant. <clears throat> so yeah, you have to start off with your situation. You know, if you're doing it for a living, obviously your numbers will be a lot more, a lot different. Yeah. Um, uh, next be space. If you can no longer hold... If you have to run out of storage unit for your models... You probably have too many. Hey, Erica. So, hey, Erica. I mean, that's a, that's a good warning sign that you have too many. Um, unless, of course, you're at the point where you still use them all, then maybe you don't. But I would say if you can no longer put them in your home, you have too many models. <laughs> um, because storing them is, is a thing. I mean, they're not, they don't take up an, an insignificant amount of space. I mean, once you get them assembled. Yeah, they're... Make come with figure cases, isn't that the thing? I mean, or just uh, buy trays to store them on shelves, which is not a bad idea. Um, but yeah, storage is definitely a thing. If you if you're getting your storage space is getting strapped, then maybe you've got too many models. Um, what else do we have? Uh, time to assemble and paint them, because let's be honest, I have more models than I will ever ever paint. I mean, and and that's saying a lot because you do put a lot of work into building models. Uh, you're on how many days on your hobby streak now? Uh, two oh nine was the last one. That yeah, so every day building models and still not done. Yeah, fair. I, I to be fair, I am buying stuff to keep up some days. <laughs> I I running low enough that I would not finish my 365 days just assembling without having to buy something else. But I am making headway on that, which is scary in and of itself. But yeah, so it's it's a matter of, um, do you have the time for all these models? And if you're not going to paint them all and you're assembling is fun and you know, you're, you're good with that, then take that into account. But if your goal is to be 100% painted or mostly painted, then you should probably look at that and how much time you have for the hobby aspect of it, that hobby aspect. Um, and then the last part of that is, it, when I say time, how much time do you have to play? Because sure, you know, you can hobby on whatever, but you don't need as many models if you're just purely hobbying for the hobby aspect. I mean, get yourself a perfect grade Gundam kit. It'll take you a couple months to get together. Ugh. That's a, that's a that's a zinger. That, that that's a reference for Banyan because uh, that's what he's oh, doing. I, have, I love those. I haven't actually put one together, but I have I've watched other people do that, and I'm amazed at the precision of those models and how they fit together. I think it's amazing, and I do not understand how there's model companies that still require you to do all kinds of weird shit to your models to get when, them together. Yeah, when there's something like that where it just snaps on, you know, and it fits perfectly. And then there's Forge World. <laughs> and then there's Forge World, yes. That's fired. Forge World or, boy, I hope you brought all of your putty and all of your modeling skills. Yeah, and your razor saw and your heat gun. Heat gun? You, you mean a hairdryer? Whatever, yeah, pretty much. So, because you're going to have to, you know, fix some warpage. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, also, you know, be prepared to not have the right parts. Yes. The first time. 
I mean, yes, they are good at replacing things, no question. But I, I, I'd like to not have to keep asking them. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it de delays you. You know, you, nothing worse than getting a model, uh, and like I'm gonna put this model together, and then you're like, I don't have the parts. Especially when it's not your own model and it's somebody else's, and now it, you've got to tell them, look, dude, you don't have all the right parts, so you're gonna have to go back and talk to them, and then have them ship it to my house. Yep. So that's also a little little lesson, little uh, tidbit in there for you guys. If you if you think you're gonna use third party to paint, like if you do a lot or whatever. And honestly, with anything limited edition, open it up and make sure all your parts are there before they, before something happens. And just just be sure. You can usually find online how many parts are supposed to be there, what have you. Take a good look at stuff real quick and then go. I can't tell you how many times it's like years later. I'm like, oh, shit, I just looked at this and uh, I'm missing this part. Well, I hope they still take care of me. But uh, so, yeah, how much time you have to hobby is important in that if you think you're not going to have time to actually play all the games there and that is part of your hobby then you should uh, probably you probably have too many models then um, cool. I've heard uh, Nathan Hoffman from Crippled Systems always had this uh, thing he said if you haven't touched the models in a year you should probably get rid of them oh Legionnaires brings up a good point too he says what I hate is when you buy models to play with the locals and before you can even get the models together they either quit the game entirely or the rep moves away. Yes. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. We could do a whole that. topic on that, but uh, <laughs> that's why I've trained the locals uh, now to not just um, they've they've done too much scorched earth. Like they weren't a big fan of uh, uh, like they played Infinity the first time. They're like, "Eh, maybe not for me." And then they're like, John, I'll trade you all my Infinity models for this 40K stuff you're not using. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> and then they got back in like, John, do you still have those Infinity models? I'm like, I do, but I'm using them, so suck it. Uh -huh. <laughs> so now they don't. They're like, oh, I'm not going to play this game right now, but I'll keep the models. And that's something you should look at uh, also to get deeper in there. That's more of a how you should get rid of models. But those are the warning signs. Not have enough time to play. Not have time to put together and paint them all if that's your thing and not having enough space to store them I think are the big three well, I mean, we've uh, also run across people who just uh, impulse buy them like they'll impulse buy an entire army and and then they'll see another different army before they even assemble them they're like God. oh wait but this army looks great I'm going to sell these off and buy this other army and then before that army gets built, they see another one that's better, that they think is better. So they sell that one off, and then they buy another one. But they never end up playing. Yeah, that's that's terrible. But that's that's something to be aware of, too. But that's a totally different problem. That That's an old GW disease, I'll be honest. There's a ton of armies like, oh, you know, I got a paycheck, and uh, the uh, wife says I don't, you know, we're good. I can spend some money. I'm going to buy a whole new army. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they go buy a whole new army, and they're like, oh, I don't end up playing it much. Many, many times that happened back at discount. That you were waiting for. Well, look at look at my 40K. I jumped in. I got uh, traded for a night. Someone else gave me a great deal on another one. And I'm like, oh, I can't play with these right now, so let me get an army to play with them with. So I got the ad, ad mech for the uh, Slow Grow League. Cool, played it, and then traded for some Death Watch. Like, okay, cool. 
And then books start coming out for the other stuff. I'm like, oh, cool, Death Watch book came out. Buy Death Watch book, buy some models, put some models together. And then the Codex, then the Knights Codex comes out, and I'm like, and go away, Death Watch Knights. So it happens to even the most experienced ones. We're not necessarily thinking about it. Ooh, shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shiny quarter syndrome is definitely a thing we have to worry about. But mm-hmm. again, I don't really have space issues because I have a storage space over in Not Brush at Dave's basement. By storage space, I mean he lets me keep stuff there. <laughs> well, see, and my thing is, is is not storage space. It's I haven't touched him in a while. Mm-hmm. If I haven't That's touched him sh- in a while or I'm not having fun with him anymore. Oh, yeah. If you're not enjoying them, get them the hell out of there. Well, yeah. that also goes into space. So when you get rid of stuff to, to get on to the next part of it, if it's... So let's use... I'm going to use this example. It's kind of harsh, but it's the best one right now. If you have extra War Machines and Hordes models right now, it is the worst possible time to get rid of those models. The secondary market for them right now is terrible. Because so many people are getting out. Um, Why? Who cares why? But the the market's oversaturated people getting rid of models. So it's a buyer's market, which is a terrible time to get out of models. So if that comes up, it's like when last 40K edition hit. And I'm sure Gonzo did a little bit of that. Like... It was terrible for 40k last edition. You Nobody could not get rid of to... models because everyone was get, like everyone was getting rid of stuff. It was such a buyer's market. You just didn't get rid of stuff. You're like, just keep it. Mm-hmm. I had my guy selling stuff on eBay. Like, I'm not taking any of your 40k stuff because it's not the time. Yeah. So if you don't desperately need the space, don't sell them at like that kind of loss. Unless you're happy with the scorched earth policy of get the fuck out of here. But like, don't try not to sell at the kind of loss. Like, if you don't if you don't need the space, you really, really shouldn't be. You'd be like, I don't need the space. I'm okay. I'll just put them in my storage. You know, put them in the back of the closet. So you still got them. Maybe things will turn around. Did for 40k. I mean, it's all cyclical. And then, um, you know, you have them for when it comes back around. Um, also, it- I would. Go ahead, Gonzo. I, I was going to say, also, if it's something you know that you're just not going to play anymore because it's something you've, you're you're done, you can't deal with it anymore, and you have multiple armies for that one faction or for that one game that you want to play, mm-hmm. uh, don't worry about it. I mean, if you're going to get rid of it, get rid of it. You're going to get you're going to take a loss on any miniatures that you sell, yes. unless you have got this amazing paint job and you're a world renowned painter and Actually stuff. For a painter. Yeah. Oh yeah, pro painting. Now, now it's like like pro assembled is now the big one. I've seen that in a couple of things. This is pro assembled. I'm like, pro you know assembled? what? I could that uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see people not wanting to mess around with assembling their stuff. Yeah. And if you mean, do it like perfect, like where it's like you you everything's no good, you cover all the gaps, Lines everything. Filed. I could see paying for that for certain things. Like sure, yeah. absolutely, but. It's it's watchwords. That's what they like to use. But yeah, yeah like other says, don't, you know, just you, if you have to get rid of it, get rid of it. Extreme glue job. <laughs> Extreme glue job. Yeah. Oh, that was Congo. That made um, me laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm a big big fan of um, sort of a, a balance. Like I said, uh, like I said, if you not haven't touched it in a year, you should get rid of it. I, I'm not that extreme. If you haven't touched it in a year, you should think whether you need it or not, or whether you want it or not. Example, I have four armies for Machine of Hordes. I don't play enough to have four armies for Machine of Hordes anymore. 
It's not worth four armies. One or two would be plenty. You know, I got enough game comes up, I can bring models out, play a game. Yeah. You know, keep uh, one war machine, one hordes, maybe keep some extra stuff. You know, I could see just getting rid of the rat, keeping the mercs, the circle, and the minions. That seems fine. You know, and, and sometimes you might have to take a loss, and that's okay. If you don't, but just know you're going into it. And if you're not comfortable with that, well, you're going to have to find the storage space. And for people that think that they can get money back on the models, no. Don't. If they're not limited edition models, don't even think about it. If they're limited edition models, you may still may not. Well, I mean, I've seen some people go, oh, I paid $3,000 for this, so I want, you know, 2800 for it. You're not <laughs> going to sell it for that. No. Your best bet and is to go on discount games or miniature market or one of the big sellers and going, it's this much at their cost. And then unless it it's half. all in box, you're you're not going to get that much. Yeah. You also have to cut it in half at that point, but you should be discounting off of that. So, I mean, but, you know, it's reality of what, what's going to happen when you get rid of them. You, you always take a loss of models. It is always better to trade locally. Yes. than to sell on eBay or Bartertown or on the myriad of uh, Facebook groups there are for selling and trading. You know, I'll always look for that. Someone locally. Look at the, see if your stores are going to do a, like a swap meet or, or trade auction. day or something like that, auction day. And sometimes take a look and like maybe you can just donate it. Like honestly, with uh, a charity podcast coming up and uh, – John Con coming up in uh, in a bit. I might just take my ret and and offer those up for one of those two. You know. You know, I don't necessarily. I'm not. I'm not. I'm probably not going to play them again. I mean, I like them. I, I enjoy them. But enjoyed them. But it's just too many armies. It's like for anything. You got to cap. <laughs> and this is a, a fun thing. Is you got to know when you have too many armies, which is hard for us. In the Gonzo. Oh yeah, I, I came to that conclusion because I've, I've been playing Grimkin for a year now, almost a year, almost a year, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, mm, I like this. This is my play style. I think it's time to go and get rid of my Trollbloods, and I haven't sold them yet. I've got someone that is interested and they want to do a trade, and I'm like, okay, um, but I don't have a problem getting rid of them. I've already looked at it. I've looked at what you know a cost would be, and I have some stuff that's painted. Not great. I'm not a pro painter, although I have been paid to paint. It's not you know something I can I, I can easily go. Well, this model is worth an extra more because it's been painted. So, you would theoretically always make more if you sell your models separately, but it's going to take longer. Correct. Uh, you could do a whole show on how to sell models, but. Little tips. Keep it in mind. You should, if you want to get rid of it quickly, make a bulk. Otherwise, split it up. Yeah. And if you're selling it on like one of the groups where people can message you, be ready for them to ask you to split it up. Yeah, because well, most people want certain years pieces. Ago, when Jim and I first decided to start selling stuff on eBay, uh, and we had units of like fantasy orcs, for instance, we tried to sell them as units. And I'm not talking about a unit of 20 guys or anything. It's just small units. Maybe like five guys, eight guys, whatever. And uh, no one wanted it as a unit. But 
separated out and listed them all individually, uh, which which still netted the same amount, actually netted more. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and they all sold, all of them. So we're like, well, you could have got it for a little bit less if you had gotten all of them, but the same person got each individual one, so... It's, it's it's mind tricks. It's like ninety nine cents. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, you, you gotta have a you gotta know how many armies is your limit. Like I was talking to uh, my buddy Petey, and he's like, I'm limiting myself to three forty k armies. And I'm like, that's probably a fair limit because there's enough difference in forty k stuff and potentially enough crossover. Like, I would not. I would consider playing another 40k army potentially, but it would have to be Eldar because I like Eldar. But otherwise, I'm just going to stick with my Imperium stuff because I can use it all together if I have to. Correct. That was another thing is when, whenever well, I'm I looking could. to... It's hard now, but it's, you can still do it. Yeah, looking to sell something, if it can be used with another army, keep like, it. keep it. Because you like, might use it for a Merc or Minions or... Yep, if, you know. it's, if it's War Machine... uh you should keep your mercs and minions, at least the ones that'll work with your army. If you, you know, so if you're playing Rhett, there's a handful you should keep. If you're playing Signar, you're pretty much keeping them all. Yeah. You know, keep that stuff in mind when you're doing it. You know, um, be careful getting rid of painted stuff, especially a painted army. Uh, many, many moons ago, I got rid of a painted Ultramarine army. I'm like, yeah, I'm so much better as a painter now, and a lot of this stuff is stuff I got from people already painted and all that. I could, I'll just repaint a whole army. Yeah, no. Well, here I am a decade later. I don't have a fully painted 40K army, so <laughs> take that for what it is. What? Neither do I. I have Dark Angels sitting in boxes, and now their bases are obsolete, and the stuff they're equipped with is probably obsolete. And yeah, Dark Angels like plasma. Plasma is good. You know? Oh, good, because I like plasma. Plasma and uh, las cannons. Las cannons hit or miss, literally. But, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're still good. I mean, so I mean that's the good thing about 40k. 40k generally keeps their weapons, you know. If you have a flamer, a flamer still does what a flamer does. You know, a last cannon does what a last cannon does. So no worries there. It's just a matter of how it works and rebasing because 30, 32 millimeter bases, whatever, yeah. bigger bases. Yeah. But so yeah, so uh, think about hard about how many. Uh, sorry, Vengeance just trailed me. Yeah, different type of plasma. Yeah, because I mean the thing is, is, is if you're not going to use it, you're not going to play with it. Somebody out there will. Mm -hmm. It's just whether you want to take and deal with the issue of getting rid of it, so, because sometimes it's not worth it to go through the hassle of trying to sell it. Sometimes it's just better to give it away. Yep, and honestly, if you have a bunch of little armies that you tried out for stuff and people are getting into that game, maybe you give them away. Maybe you uh, uh, maybe you give it to them at a really cheap price. Like, hey, I just need you to nominally cover the fact that I paid money for this. Yeah, yeah. just give me there some idea. There's or some I wanna... schools where they have 40K clubs where yeah. they would appreciate it if you donate uh, miniatures and rule books and stuff like that. But I also could think that we got we got to go to the aspect of not only you know getting rid of it, but also the fact that I can't play or have you know five, six, seven, forty k armies. But Necromunda gangs, 
uh, Arena Rex games. Yeah, it's not a lot of space. It's small stuff. It's It's also a matter of some of those things are full. Well, something games have full armies. Like, yes, if your whole army, quote unquote, is, you know, let's say like Shadespire, it's a limited number of models. You can have as many Shadespire gangs, warbands as you want, because it's not going to take up a lot of space or anything. Correct. One of those old GW figure cases in your freaking set. Yeah. So keep that in mind also, the space. It's why, you know, Blood Bowl never went away. One tray of a case pretty much has Blood Bowl covered. Yeah. For one Unless you need one of every team, plus variations by third parties. Well, not that bad. I kept... Uh, <laughs> an, I, I had kept enough of my, a human team to fill any member of the human team I needed. Yeah. You could have up to 12 linemen. I had that's, 12 linemen. That's all you need. That's that's exactly how we did it, too. I did that with my chaos. Oh. I did that with my humans, which now belong to my brother. Uh, I did that with my Nurgle team. Hold on to your heart, Kathy. My human team is almost entirely painted. <laughs> Including cheerleaders and a coach. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that also plays a lot into it, is the size of the army. I mean, you try to collect, you know, 3,000 points of 40k orcs compared to a guild ball team, that's a little different. Yes. Um, and that, and that and can also play into your decision. By the time you're done collecting all of that, the rules have changed. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so just keep in mind the small the small model count are, uh, are games... Uh, there's a lot of ga- games where you could just build an army like, I'm going to play this army. Uh, I don't need any variations of it so much, you know, because you don't want variations. Uh, it's, uh, someone posted an old uh, picture from an old white dwarf. Uh, if you guys remember Stillman Mania, because he would, uh, I think it was Nigel Stillman, would do all sorts of uh, crazy things. They posted his rules, Stillmania of army. Literally, you pick your army to whatever the points is. Write it down, never do it again, and just play it in any circumstance. Like, I could see doing that for a game. That's a good, fun challenge and all. Like, for a secondary game? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great, you know? And, and, you know, it also depends on what you want. You have to examine where you are with the game. If you're playing a game competitively, you need to have all the options, so they should be looking at that also. If you're just playing the game for shits and giggles, you know, casually, you don't need as many options. Like, you know, so our local henchman gets on my case because in Malifaux, you're supposed to figure out your schemes and strategies and then make your list. I come to the store with a list that I'm going to play. I don't care what the schemes and strategies are. I will make it work because I like that challenge. (laughs) But it drives them insane. But you can do that. It's just a different (laughs) challenge. Expect to lose occasionally. Expect to be put in really bad situations, but, you know, it's possible. And with that, you can get by with a few number of models for a lot of armies. Like, based on what Kanzo said, my overall opinion of Age of Sigmar is pretty obvious, but I've considered trying to get a force together for it and just be like, sure, I'll make 2,000 points. Uh, I like the models. I want to paint them up. Paint them up. This is my force. I'm not going to vary it. I don't care. I'm told that ogres are good in Age of Sigmar, which is, of course... Ogres are awesome anyway, so I mean, just do it. Was, right? Was my, uh, my army for fantasy. That was that was my love. I love my ogres. 
Uh, I kind of wish I'd kept them, but uh, I did get a good deal for them, so. I I, I couldn't part with mine. It, it got me into War Machine when I didn't have a lot of money to spend on models, so. Oh, well, that's perfect. Yeah. Like I and said, I mean. you had a lot of fun with War Machine at the time. Oh, God. I, like, I have no, no illusions about how much those models are paid for. All of them. Yeah. They've paid for it in fun and enjoyment. And, and that's sort of the look you look at. Like, some models, like, you can get fun for just having them. Like, there are models I've bought. I'm like, I enjoyed putting this together and painting it, and it's paid for itself in that. My enjoyment of that part of the model is done. It's great. I'm, you got your entertainment value out of it. Absolutely. And some of those, like, I get rid of, like, oh, but you could, like, no, no, that model's paid for itself. It's all good. I don't need to have it here anymore. I've enjoyed it. Get it out there. Get someone else, uh, enjoying it too but it's a lot of it's a tough topic because well it's not it's an easy and tough at the same time because it's easy to say lots of stuff about it but at the end of the day you really have to take a long hard look at yourself and what you need to do and what you want to do and sometimes you have to look and if you have to make hard decisions make hard decisions so uh, my buddy Petey is he's a scorched earth type of cleaner if he's at the point where he's cleaning and getting rid of models, he's getting rid of it. Nope, haven't used that in rip, get it out of here. Nope, haven't touched that in rip, get it out of here. You know, sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah. Um, you know, just don't... I, I have on occasion thrown models away, but they're generally old and broken. But try not to do that. Put them in a box. If you have to, take them to a game store. Give them to an employee going, look, I don't want these anymore. I don't care what you do with them. Just get them out of my face. I look at old models as an opportunity for either conversion or use in bases. But sometimes you don't have space. <laughs> if space is an issue, you got it. That's the thing about scorched earth cleaning. You're not looking at that. You're just like, just get it the fuck out of here. I do it with comic books. When I cleaned up my comic books, I started like, instead of throwing these away, I put them in, kept them in their boxes, drove to the local comic store, said, here. He's like, well, this is all. I'm like, no, no, take them. I do not want any money or anything from you. Just, I was going to throw them away. This is better than throwing them away. Yeah. <laughs> Someone will read this and get enjoyment out of it. Enjoy. And he gave me a soda. I'm like, ah, oh, soda. I win. <laughs> but that's a local story I've been talking to a while. But you have to be ready for that. I mean, my yeah. roommate did that. Uh, my ex-roommate. She's like, here's some models I've put together. I'm not going to put them together. Take them and give them to someone at the store. I'm like, absolutely. She had old Malifa books. Like, I don't want these anymore. Give these to somebody. I'm like, I know exactly the person. There's a nice young lady down at our other store. Was certainly my I'm like, here, this is a gift. My roommate's not using them anymore. I felt like you were a good person and she'd want you to have them. Do stuff like that. You know, like uh, I had old 8th edition, 8th edition? Whatever. Last edition of Warhammer Fantasy. Let's uh-huh. put it that way. Books. And one of the guys like, I kind of want to play that. I'm like, well, boom, here's books. Take them off. I, I don't need them anymore. Go. Now, when you were talking about Scorched Earth, I had a, a, a guy I used to hang out with and his version of Scorched Earth was, I'm done longer playing this. Uh, I'm going to put it in this metal steel drum and burn it all. That's excessive. That's I was like, Scorched dude. Scorched Earth to a level that I don't even agree with. Yeah. That just seems like a waste. Dad. It is. I mean, you could donate. You seriously could find some some kids club, you know, where they would love to have something like that. Yeah. All right. I got the entire thing yellow washed. You yep. know, that turned out really well with that ink. I'm going to let it yeah, sit for a while. The light look a little weird at the top, but I can tell by the way you uh, move yeah, around. It's that yeah. it's it, it is a little weird. Um, out the color. Bright yeah. colors get washed out really hard with this camera. Yeah. 
Um, okay. So with that yes. done, I'm going to let that dry. Ooh, yes. I see you Inion wants to know what that monstrosity is, Gonzo. This oh, is the new uh, endless spell. Uh, I can't remember the exact name of it. Yeah, it's one of the. They have spell effects that stay around the table now, Banyan, and uh, Age of Sigmar, which I'm sure you're going to play and love. And uh, this is one of them. <laughs> um, what it is, is it moves around the field, and whatever it hits, it does damage to, mortal wounds. And also, this one, uh, when it stops, everything around it takes mortal wounds damage. It's just a flying skull, it's a flying teeth. And it's supposed to be like amber colored, but I like it more as a fire look to it. Oh, yeah. Remember? Remember the rant in my one of my recent uh, uh, minis and movies? It's your model. Paint yes. it however the fuck you want. Yep. Absolutely. And so um, I'm going to paint Holy it up fire. Shit. Vengeance is like one of the luckiest bastards. He is so, also is a subscriber. And if you do subscribe to our channel, you do get bonuses. And, and you get cool honest, emotes, he, too. He also gifted uh, both Xander Vorlord and... Um, uh, Oh God, Crimson and Crimson nineteen nineteen with subscriptions uh, Friday when when uh, Congo wasn't around. Yep. But so yeah, so yeah, it's definitely a weird weird topic to get into. But uh, we've all gone through it. We've all had to make those decisions. I'm still going through it. I mean, honestly, I was scorched earthing the uh, War Machine or the uh, Warhammer stuff for a while. When when GW was in their down point, I'm like. I'm not. I can't afford to play these games. I don't want to play these games. They don't look fun. You know, I'd look mm -hmm. at the rules. They change the rules too often. I'm out. And I had a guy selling stuff. Now I'm back in, but I'm not playing stuff that I owned any before. So, yeah. uh, Jim sold off his lizard men when when uh, fantasy went away because it's too much work to get him to work again. You might as well get new models. Yeah, too much stuff that he had that uh, didn't fit the rules anymore for the whatever they call lizard men now. Um, and then he had, oh, what was the Egyptian one? Tomb Kings. Yes, he had the Tomb Kings. That was my brain fart. Uh, so, Tomb Kings, no, there was no Tomb Kings. Didn't exist. Don't exist. Will not exist. They're all like, Oh, but you can just, you know, use them as your undead whatever. No, no. And especially not the way that he built the army. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't work. There are models he has that simply don't exist. Which is too bad because that was a very cool thematic army. Yeah, it was. It had yeah. some really cool looking models. And, yeah. uh, and the Shopti? Who didn't want to paint a Shopti? Yeah. And he did a ton of unbelievable conversion with that stuff, too. I mean, and scratch built stuff. Because there were models in the army book that they never made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is I rare for GW, but... Yeah. There were creatures in the army book that they never actually came out with the models for, so he scratch-sculpted them. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I've been through that, too, back in the day, that, so this should shock no one at all. I was a Dogs of War player, and they switched editions, and they, they nominally kept them around for a while, but then they pretty much just got rid of them. Yeah. Just too bad because that was my shit. Because mercenary. Uh, when I first started playing ogres, they still had where you could uh, use mercenaries. Oh god, I would use. You know? I would do it the other way around. I would. Uh, I up until the last point you played Dogs of War, I still played Dogs of War, and I would add ogre units in. 
Uh-huh. Man, that, I had so much fun with that. It felt so good having HodgePodge. I was so sad because I had just bought some, uh, uh, it was the Oogla Khan and the Wolf Riders or whatever. Oogla Khan and, and the Hobgoblin Wolf Boys? Hells, yeah. yeah. You have no idea how many of them I, I, no <laughs> I had a couple boxes of those and I was all set to incorporate those into my army and then they changed the rules. I have, um, I have like 80. Oh my god! <laughs> I was gonna, I, I was gonna use them honestly in my working goblin army as as goblin wolf boys armor as yeah. my goblin medium cavalry, which are goblin wolf boys with light armor and shield because that's as best they could get. So yeah, so those are around the house somewhere as one of those things that probably uh, should be gotten rid of. <laughs> maybe yeah, I still have bags of that stuff, but you I know. Mean, I what give it to my eBay guy, and he puts it on eBay, and I get stuff. So it's all oh, good. No. You look at the uh, the old Blood Bowl teams, the original Blood Bowl teams. Not the plastic ones that came with the box set, but I the metal want... ones, you know? Yeah, those metal humans were not good, except for the Blitzers. Those those elves, like the second edition elves, the ones with the Mohawks and stuff, those sell for a lot of money. The Skaven oh, sell the, for a lot of money. But elves, yeah. So, so uh, the funny thing is, my... Uh, my Blood Bowl, human Blood Bowl team is plastic for the linemen, the throwers, and the catchers, and then metal blitzers, and then every star player. I do mean every star player. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if this can... This is my little... This is one of mine. You know, old school Blood Bowl orc. Oh, yeah. It's really old school. Well, Just I mean... Plastic. T- t- talking about that, should you get rid of old models for the new models? Because... If you think about it, the some of the newer models are bigger and better looking, but should you get rid of the old ones to try to get the that's, new ones? That's how I felt with uh, Terminators. Uh, when the old Terminators were so much smaller than the new Terminators. <laughs> so I took the old ones and broke them in half and added green stuff so that I would lengthen their torso. And then I took and uh, reattached their arms with a little green stuff so that they weren't like, they weren't like, you know, straight up and down next to the body. They were out in a more natural pose, like I'm, I'm shooting over this way or whatever. And uh, so I modified them. I made them to be closer to the scale of the new Terminators. And mm-hmm. it did take some work. I could have just sold them off or given them away or whatever, but I did also have to rebase them because the old ones were 25 millimeter and the new ones required a 40 millimeter base. Yeah. So, there are a lot of people who took and like just glued their, their 25 millimeter base on top of the 40 millimeter base. I've seen that, well, yeah. I mean, Sure, so, if you want to just get out there and throw down on the table and you don't care, then that's the way to go. I'd rather blue tack it. That gives you an options, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, your yeah. Model, your model, your rules. I have. Oh my God! I have so much blue tack sitting around the house. Well, you you should. Blue <laughs> tack is used. You. So at the old place, the handle for the uh, deadbolt had come off, and but my roommate didn't know how to fix it. So I'm like, oh, I don't know how to fix this. Blue tack. Now it doesn't even really come off. You'd have to, like, really try and force it off. Mike, that is fixed. I have added value to this place. <laughs> I, have, I have fixed things with my parents that uh, broke using green stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I've done stuff like that. But uh, So should you get new models being the, the, the question? Um, It depends on, well, 
a lot of the same things with one extra one as normal. Do you have the time to assemble and paint them? Because your old ones are assembled and painted. That's a tough sell. Rebasing takes a lot less time. time. Uh, the energy, the know-how to convert them if you want to. If you don't, then yes, replace them. Because the new so, ones are bigger. They are better more often than not these days. Yes, almost. It is rare that a company puts out a new model that is worse than the old one. It has happened. But it's rare. Um, also the big one. This is the biggest one. Do you have the money? This is not a cheap hobby. We never no. pretend it's a cheap hobby. You know, when a new box of Terminators comes out and you're paying 50 bucks back when they came out, that's a lot of money. Do you yeah. have the money to support doing that? I mean, maybe you do it slowly. That's fine. But you need to figure out if you have the money and decide based on that. Yeah. Because every time you're replacing models, that's new models you're not getting. So if you're someone newer who's just getting into the hobby and someone had gifted you or you found third part or found secondhand old models don't do it keep your old models as long as you can till you have what we would call a comfortable force where you go to the game store you don't feel like you don't have the options to play and then after that then start looking at it you know you don't because you, you you don't want to be spending you know your hobby funds and not increasing your army necessarily but uh, I, I find it doesn't happen as often anymore that there are just straight replacements for models that haven't been out of print for a while. To be honest, though, I think about the new Shining Spears. I'd buy those in a heartbeat because I've always wanted those to be good. <laughs> and apparently they're good, but the old models are not great. They're okay. Ish. Um, I, <laughs> the uh, model I have moved on to, way to go, Vengeance. You're rocking it, buddy. Um <laughs> Is the Chronocog. Yeah, I'm which, liking how the, uh, your metallics are going on that. Yeah, I'm about to wash it to get a little bit deeper and then brighten it up again. Uh, for people to know, this when you bring it out, you have a choice of either slowing down time or speeding up time. If you speed up time, all the models on the board get an extra two inches. If you slow it down, uh, the wizards get to cast an additional spell. Oh, cool. It's got some really cool spells. It's got a really cool effect. Um, so I'm trying to get this, and this is going to be um, a pretty I, simple type. And they're cool thing. models. All the spell effects are really oh, cool. Oh, yeah, they're really good. I have a buddy, the Jason, who uh, doesn't really play miniature games anymore, but he paints the heck out of miniatures, and he's like, I'm going to buy it just because I want to paint the stuff. And I'm like, yeah. hell yeah, dude. That's how I feel about a lot of the GW stuff that's coming out right now. There's, there's some things that are just... I'm picky about the I'm nitpicking that I don't care for, but m for the most part, I like them. I like I, I want to paint them. All those night oh. haunt stuff that's coming out, the leader model and all those things that they got coming out. So the, the ghost lady with the yeah. veil on the face. I I was unhappy with the veil because it seemed very boxy and less organic to me than it could have been. It could have really hugged her face a little bit more. So, like I said, just tiny little nitpicky well, things, but overall, yes, I thought it was a cool model. Also, remember, all these models, all the models in the new uh, Age of Sigmar box set are easy, to, are easy to put together models. Oh, yeah. Or it's like to call them, totally not going to do it, because it's not worth the, the hashtag hobby streak time. <laughs> it's like, oh, I bought a $20 box set, and it's I'm done. done. 
Oh, now I've I got thirty minutes to. I got twenty minutes to go. Shit. Yeah. Also, I like I like the posability. There might be a lot of posability, but the the convertibility of their full kits is way better. Yeah. But some people don't want that, and that's kind of cool. But. Yeah. Um, because because uh, that goes back, you know, talking about you know we got all these new models and stuff that are coming out because I know like, um, the old Man of Wars, the metal ones are rinky dinky. And yeah, they don't, they don't match up at all. But no. the new ones are rustic, and that poses its own problem. Yeah. So you're yeah. like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yep. Um, so to be honest, even with rustic models, if you put enough work into them, they will look amazing. It just yeah. takes a lot of work. It, it just, and a yeah. lot of tools you may not necessarily need. Because you're going to need been... files, you're going to want probably a brass brush. You you're know what? Every board... Everything. Yeah, Emory Emory boards uh, are fantastic for uh, filing mold lines on rustic models. I like the brass brush because it's a little better general tool because you can use it on metal models and plastic models well too. Oh, so. I would have both. I would have both at my disposal to use oh. for those. She's going all in. Dude. Hashtag pro painted. Hashtag pro assembled. <laughs> pro assembled. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing you look at for the new models too. I mean. I don't think look at old models, so this sounds weird, but do you travel a lot? Are your old models metal and the new ones rustic and or plastic? Yes. Think about that, because having your bag weigh less means a lot in a con hall. Yeah. And you're, you and unless you're like lucky like Gonzo and living in the Midwest where everything's a functional car ride away from you, yeah. more or less... You're going to have to fly, and you're not going to carry that big wheelie bag with you because that thing's a pain in the ass flying. Mm-hmm. You're going to want something that fits on your shoulder, preferably something you can keep with you carry on because I don't trust those people. No offense to any of them. Correct. Uh, they don't know models necessarily. Though I would go, I, I think uh, one of our locals still works as TSA at the uh, at BWI, so I would hopefully he'd be there when I go through. <laughs> oh, he messed with me. I'd forgotten I had change in my pocket. And so they take me aside. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, they're going to wand me. I'm going to be like, oh, I've changed my pocket. So I realize as I walk through. And it's from behind me here. Oh, watch out for this guy. He's got a bolt gun and frag grenades. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? Oh, it's you. Okay, never mind. Jesus. Because <laughs> you don't want to. You would not joke that shit with TSA agents. Those people notoriously don't have a sense of humor. No. Because <laughs> they got to deal with angry crowd people all day. I mean, who would? But anyways. Back to the subject at hand. When when is a time, and I, and I know this is, I'm, I'm kind of baiting the question here. When is a time really not to get rid of your models? Because you, we see a lot of people, you know, I'll, tons of people selling stuff. When is a time to really, should you just hold on to them until? Oh, that's a good one. I know you know the answer, but it's good baiting. Yes. One might say you're a master. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Uh, so man. if a new edition is coming out, that is not the time to get rid of your models. It may seem like it, but it's not. Because it may be good for you. Like, there are people just dumping X-Wing collections everywhere. Oh, yeah. Because they've heard about the new edition, and they're like, I don't want to play that, that's not my game anymore. I'm like, it ain't even out yet. You don't even know. Mm-mm. Unless you're a playtester for FFG and have seen all the stuff, you don't know. And they still change stuff after that. You may not even know. Holy crap, Vengeance. Holy crap. Anyways, um, when the secondary market is terrible, like uh, uh, like War Machine is right now. 
this is not time to get your War Machine models. Hold them. Like the wise man said, you gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them. them. Um, so you need to look at that stuff. So when a new book comes out, that is a time to get rid of the models because in all likelihood that's gonna be peak peak desire of models. Yeah. So when the new orc book comes out, Congo can get rid of his box of orcs. I can look at rid of all my orcs because I have two or three metric shit tons of 40k orcs. And I'm not understating it. It's two or three metric shit tons. I have uh, slightly less than that. But I do have orcs. I, and... I think I could fit them all in one carload in my car as long as the trunk was empty. <laughs> I had such high hopes for orcs. I love orcs. I, I'm I an never... orc at heart, but I never, ever, ever want to play with that many models again. I just, I can't. I totally I can't do it. I wanted a Wazdaka army. Oh, well, who doesn't want a Wazdaka army? Mikes and speed, and then they changed the edition, and things were different, and those things never made it out of the box, let alone got prime. All right, Vengeance, so that's... That's a stickler of a question, but uh, I, I, I'll throw down on that one. He wants to know, why is everyone selling War Machine of Hordes right now, then? So, War Machine of Hordes, unfortunately, is in a downturn. Um, not everywhere, but many places is in a downturn. Why? So, uh, why? Um, oof. Because that's, that's a legitimate question, since most of our players, it's, it most is, of our listeners trying... are War Machine and Hordes players. I want to say it nicely, not like brutally. So part of it is because they mishandled the release. No one will argue that. They totally mishandled the release. Um, people will add a bad taste in their mouth after it because it wasn't, they did not manage customer expectations well. Speaking from a customer service background, there should have been a lot more note as this is what we're going to do at lock and load this year. This is it. If you're in Australia, don't stay up to oh stupid o'clock in the morning midnight my time to watch this release that's just going to be us hitting the button and making it live on War Room because you will be upset. Um, also, <laughs> not everyone likes the way the new game is. Premeasure, apparently, there are a lot of people who think Premeasure is bad. They're wrong. But I respect their opinion. They can play Infinity. Infinity has no Premeasure. It's pretty much the only game nowadays. Um, the, but the thing about Infinity is do you really need Premeasure for a lot of stuff? Oh God! Pre-measure would make it so much. Pre-measure would make things brutal. No longer am I like, is that eight inches or is that over eight inches? Because I really want to use my shotgun, but if it's not eight inches, it's gonna be bad for me. There's a lot of lot of precise. If you know exactly how far everything is, things get a lot better. Yeah. But um, so people don't like that. Some people don't like theme lists. <clears throat> Some people think it, it makes it, um, it really changes the fundamental way the game plays, and that's not what they want from a game. So, all that combined, plus the, ri the rise of 40k again, a lot of those 40k players who ejected because 40k was shit went into War Machine, and then 40k is good again, they're like, I'm out of War Machine, I'm back into 40k. Yeah. I, I, I want to say that it's not the rise of 40k. It's the rise of GW again, really, honestly, if you think about it. It is. It is. 40k and Age of Sigmar. I mean, you're getting an influx of people who left, who left Fantasy, who left 40k. No. 
I don't There's see any fantasy players coming back to Age of Sigmar, I'll be honest. It's mostly 40 players. Who are hardcore fantasy players who left it in disgust, and now they're like begging us to join them in their new Age of Sigmar. And I'm like, wait, you just. Just last month you said you reiterated how much you hate GW, and now you're begging us to get into Sigmar so that we can play with you? Yeah, that's. So yeah, the Rise of GW, you can call it the Rise of GW, that's fine. But most people, that was their first love. Um, I, I really think it's more of 40k, but th their first love was the GW games, so they went back. So, all these things combined, plus, to be a little brutal, War Machine is a fucking terrible game to get into. It With no press gangers and no actual book presence, it is not an easy game to get into. They... Uh, they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that one, unfortunately. So, not good for a newbie to start yeah, out? It, it's so hard. Not that it's not necessarily too tough for them, because I have faith in people. They can learn how to play this game. But it's it's just too difficult to find the resources and everything to get into. You can't expect someone to jump on the web and find all this stuff. And even then, there's not a lot of good stuff. If the store is not supporting stuff to get newbies into it, they're relying entirely on the stores and ex-press gangers and locals to get people into the game, and that's a weird place to be in. Um, and, and this is a long description of, of why, but all this stuff combined, there's no one giant reason why War Machine has a... what people are getting out of War Machine. It's a lot of little stuff all combined. Um, but that's why the secondary market for that is terrible. It's the same thing. 40K had the exact same problem a couple years ago. Yeah. The exact same problem. Yeah. People were leaving in gangbusters. They didn't like the edition. War Machine was on the rise. Let's go play War Machine. Everyone's playing that. Boom. So. Yep. And a lot of them flocked to Bolt Action, which was a new-ish game. Mm-hmm. Or now, other little know. games. Yeah, there's tons of games out there. I mean, it's... Honestly, I'll say this. We've said it a lot of times. It is a great time to be a miniature gamer. Yes. It's no longer, do I play 40K or do I play Fantasy? Oh, Warzone came out. Do I put that in front of 40k? There's almost too now, many options. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a you lot. You can a game store and have an Alice of Palaces. In fact, the best thing a game store guy can do is, well, hold on, walk in the back, see what people are playing, like, come on the nights you, you, you would normally have the game, see what people are playing, see if you like it, and play one of those. Like, you know, we try to be... I try to include people in our group. People come in like, oh, hey, how you doing? Like when I, uh, when Not Brush had Dave and I set up for our, when I set up for our games of, uh, of Star Wars Armada, I'll set it up as early as I can. You know, back when I had Fridays off super early, I'd come into the store, maybe play a game Infinity with the guys and set up a table for Armada, have my fleet out, make it look all nice and pretty just so people come in and say like, oh, cool, what's this? Yeah. And, and that's actually a good idea. If you're waiting for someone to get in a game, get the table out. Get some terrain on it. It's okay if you guys move it around afterwards. Get some table on it. Get, get your models out. Triply so if they're painted. But even if they're unpainted, get some models out. Make sure you got your cool figurehead models out. Get people looking at the game. Get them excited. It'll do so much for you. It'll, it, people will talk about the game. Um, I've had to, a couple times, uh, since the guys know I know uh, War Machine, a couple times on Saturday, they'd be like, oh, hey, John, these guys want to learn how to play War Machine. They have a starter box, you know, the old starter box. Can you help them? I'm like, sure, I'll help them learn how to play. No worries. 
you know, it's, you got to do that for your store, and you got to, but you, but you want to keep your stuff, you want to be visible. Don't hide in the back. I know the temptation is, take your game, hide in the back where no one can see you, no one can bug you. Get your shit right out there, front and center. Be, especially if your stuff's triply so if your stuff's painted, be the center head game. I'm on the main table playing. Come watch us. Don't shoom away. Answer questions until you find out they're super annoying people. That's, there are that's a couple how you of them. Build a community. Yep. And then include them. Like if they come, like I want to play this. Drop out of the game. Let them play. That's how you keep it. Let's keep you getting to the point where you need to get rid of models because no one's playing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like I said, yes. offer stuff like you know. I've thought of taking you know rat maybe making a couple starter sets out of it and going like, hey local, do you want this? If you're learning how to play. We don't have a lot of those right now, but if you did, I'd be like, sure. Start playing this. Just pay it forward. You know, you're playing. It, that's, that's a great thing, paying it forward. If someone gives you a starter set for a game, start playing. Maybe that's not your set, but you don't know how to play with it. You get your own models. When you're ready, give it to the next guy who wants to learn how to play. Like, oh, hey, I learned how to play with these models. You learn how to play with these models. Or you could do like my friend Marty. And he's been playing... Uh... He had been playing fantasy for so long, he had a complete every army of fantasy and a ton of tables in his basement. So he decided he would run what he was calling the General's Tournament. And it was, you are randomly assigned an army to play for oh God, each I'm, game. I'm playing and that. And he supplied the armies. And oh my God, it was so much fun. I'm all in. Let's go. Talk about a challenge. That was yeah. fun. But, but be ready to do it with all your games, teach people, be ready to help them. I mean, then you can avoid the whole idea of having to get rid of stuff. None of us want to get rid of models. I would love to keep all my models. It's just not realistic. I could take you guys on a tour of, well, the, the, the <laughs> core of what we're talking about. I the core of the closet over there with so much stuff in it, boxes and boxes. But I'm a little bit of a gamer hoarder. You never know where you might need the stuff. But, you know, getting better. Um... Yeah, so hopefully we've answered when you'd uh, when you should get rid of your models. Uh, not really how you should get rid of your models. That's up to you. There's a lot of ways. We gave a little tips on that, but uh, yeah, hopefully it was helpful. Or at least entertaining. <laughs> I'm sure it was entertaining. We're all pretty entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you don't ever want to be there. But uh, hey, and honestly. With any of these topics, if you guys need more advice, hit us up on Facebook. We will happily throw all the advice we can your way. Oh yeah, if you have any topics you want us to talk about, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't have a problem talking about anything particular. Absolutely. If we don't cover it on the main cast, Gonzo can kick it my way. I can cover it on minis and movies, and we'll make sure you get a copy, even if you're not a patron, because mm -hmm. I'm like that. So Gonzo, mm -hmm. who sponsored our our main podcast tonight before we get to the media section oh you mean talk about broken egg games yeah broken egg games guys i released a couple of pictures out to the team and i released it out to two other people to show what's going on with our stuff and oh my god we are like this close getting our stuff done um cool. it is uh amazing what it looked like um and we are going to be getting those ready for y'all. Broken Egg Games has been really good to us. We understand that, that we had to kind of be put on the back burner because, of course, lock and load. It's a big thing. It's a big yeah. thing that we didn't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, maybe next week. But, um, 
so I mean, we 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 were kind of put on the back burner, which is okay. They had to get a lot of things done, but what we have prepared, I know I've shown some people, you know, pictures of artwork, but now we've got physical nice. stuff. Nice, he did a good job. Yeah, it was a really good job. Uh, so Broken Egg Games is really hooking us up uh, on a couple other things too. Um, we'll have to get with them on that later. Um, so they are one of our big sponsors, and don't forget Mechanica Studios also uh, did our pre-ramble. Um, and he's the one that did all the graphic work for the stuff that we're about to sell to y'all that I hopefully everybody will want like 80 billion copies of. Um, so we will have to see on that. But uh, let's go ahead and get to our media section since it is 8 o'clock, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oh, uh, it's 9 o'clock. I don't know what you're talking about. Shut up, John. <laughs> Done by... Uh, <laughs> brought to you by Tectonic Craft Studios. Arky Dan. If y'all don't know Arky Dan... Y'all need to go see him, find some stuff. He's a really cool guy, really awesome. Um, Kathy, our heads are extra stretched out today. Yes, I. It, as soon as I did it, y'all got really stretched out. We'll fix that. Um, what we're trying to do, guys, we're going to be changing up our splash screens on here uh, to give us a little bit better. I don't like Kathy and John's stretchy face and everything. Uh, if anybody's willing to make one, we're all up for it. Um, yeah, we'll give you shout outs and all as much as we can. Um, Wait, you want uh, you want a graphic for the dude? I can do that. Yeah, well, go go for it. I have that knowledge. Can you build it? <laughs> we so, still spend a lot of money. Yes, we po. <laughs> we don't even need to spend any money if I do it. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking for new splash screens and stuff for us or layouts. What it is is for you know the media and a little weird. Yeah. I could probably back off, but that doesn't... <laughs> no, it was not going to matter. Uh, so we're just looking for new screens to put up to make it where, you know, for media and everything else. Wow. Congo, that can be taken horribly since I've been drinking a lot and haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> so, today. Uh, media okay. section. Um, I have, like I said, I have about four things to talk about. How many you got, Kathy? Uh, just the one. Just the one. John? Three. Three. All right, I'll go with my first one. Um, let's see. I finished watching King Arthur, uh, Legend of the Sword, you said Legend of the Sword, which I didn't it's even know Charlie there was Hunter, a second. Right? Charlie Hunter? Yeah. From, uh, break, not breaking, but, uh, from the biker thing. Yeah. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Really good. I like him as an actor. He's a really cool guy. Um, so I was watching, I was like, okay, it's not going to be your typical, you know, King Arthur movie, probably a little, maybe a little crazy on some things. Um, this took the King Arthur story and just said, okay, he's King Arthur, and this is Excalibur, and just used the name from the story. Everything was way out of whack. Um, uh, that's too bad. It was horrible. I mean... Like, he grasped Excalibur, and it gave him the power to slow down time, speed up time, make blasting waves of destruction wherever he swung the soul. I mean, it was just, it was bad. I mean, it was horrible. Uh, the fight scenes were even worse. Like, they wanted to make them all cool and cinematic, and so they sped up everything. And they would show him speeding up, swinging the sword, and then whenever it hit something, they would slow it down and stop it. To show that he hit. And I'm like, I don't even know what he hit or how he hit it. Because there was, the scenes were so fast. 
and so shaky cam and so Aww. you know so it's really sh- amateurish shaky cam has a place but i hate it so much uh, it, it was really 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 bad shaky i mean cam gives me a headache watching stuff oh don't watch this because it was the the final ending fight scene i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like what what okay he hit him what is he okay he hit him again and and it was really hard to follow what was happening um and how it was going. Yeah, it was really cool and fast, but you didn't know what was happening in the scene. You didn't know if he was flipping backwards, swinging around backwards, doing a backflip. It was just blurs. And so it was really impossible to follow. Even the people that were watching it was like, what just happened? I'm like, I have fucking no clue. Um, so. That's too bad. It, it, had, it The story was very. Arthur was raised by prostitutes on the street. So. How does it rate compared to the King Arthur with Clive Owen and... Uh... Clive Owens would be a masterpiece compared oh, to this. Oh, that's a bold statement. Um, that was I, mediocre. I, yeah, yeah. That was a definition of mediocre. Yeah, it, it, the Clive Owen one is just a movie. So uh, how is it that we can't have a great King Arthur movie? <clears throat> it, it, was, it was so flabbergasted how bad it was. I mean, I watched it halfway through and came back three days later and go, i got to finish this for the review. I gotta I, finish yeah, this movie. I can't. <laughs> I don't stop watching movies anymore. I finish them all. I, I feel guys. like there's so much going on in the overall story of King Arthur and all the people surrounding him that every single director or writer has their own take on what thing they want to focus on. I mean, oh, it, it, it was just Scotty really, really bad. Know how it compares to Excalibur? The old Excalibur movie? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll watch that any day compared to this. So, I saw that movie well into my 30s, so for the first time, and they, I can't watch that shit. Excalibur? Yeah, I can't. I was a it, teenager when I saw it, so I liked it. Well, yeah, so if you, if you have that nostalgia for it, it helps a lot, but I can't. It It is not a good movie to someone who hasn't seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, this, oh god, how much so was the budget? $12.50? Yeah, yeah, so what, what's the rating on that, Gonzo? I would give it three space herpes. Three space That's not a terrible rating. It's watchable. Uh, no, no. Let, let's, let's bump it up to four. Okay, not watchable. Yeah, I, I would skip it with all might. Fair just, enough. Just go away from it. Don't, don't, wow. don't, don't even, if you see it in the queue or you see it on there, just delete it or like never go back to that channel until it goes away. Fair enough. Kathy, do you want to hit one of yours or want me to hit one of mine? I can uh, I can hit mine. I don't have a ton to say about it. I w- I'm, I'm not as eloquent as you are at reviewing, but I watched the uh, first season of The Good Place with Christian I... Bell. Uh, oh, okay. I was dying. I was laughing so hard. Uh, Jim and I both enjoyed it. It was incredibly unpredictable, which is always what Jim looks for in a movie or in a TV series even. Something that makes him stay awake during the entirety instead of falling asleep on the couch next to me. <laughs> uh, that's almost like a, uh, a a star rating or space herpy rating in and of itself. How, how long Jim stays awake next to me watching <laughs> whatever I'm watching. Well, I just read the... Uh if you will, the elevator pitch for this, and it sounds amusing, where the main character, Christian Bell, is the one who wakes up in the afterlight, 
in the good place, uh, Utopia designed, wrote for her righteous life, and she realized she's there by mistake. That sounds pretty hilarious. Hilarity does ensue. So, in the in the afterlife, in in the good place, which is where the the small percentage of people who are amazingly good go, and everybody else apparently just goes to hell. Uh, the bad place. Uh, you're paired with a soulmate, which honestly. I find that you 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 being paired with one single soulmate a little trite. However, so she's paired with this guy Cheedy, who is uh he's like an eth ethics philosopher. He's just spent his entire life dedicated to ethics, and she's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> our our main character. And uh, she has to. She realizes that she's not supposed to be in the good place. Not not with all these other people who are doing amazingly good things their entire life. And uh, and she decides that she herself wants to become a better person, and asks her soulmate to help her with that. And hilarity ensues. So, what would you give it as a uh, space rupees rating? Oh, zero. You need to. I need to watch it again so that I can see the things that I missed the first time. <laughs> That's always a good sign. We need to watch the thing again to uh, to see all the stuff you missed. So season one is on Netflix. Uh, I I googled it and season two is still available to watch on NBC.com. So we're gonna watch that next. Cool. Gonzo, why don't you hit another one? Uh, let's see, what's the next one on my list? What's funny is everybody, uh, one of my people were like, what are you doing? I'm texting myself the movies I watched. She's like, you can text yourself? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I message um, myself, but no. I do it all the time. Uh, let's go with one night. That is, let's, uh, I'm going like worse to better. Um, <laughs> if, that, okay. if, that, if that gives you any... any um, Transformers The Last Night. <laughs> oh, good. Something I can comment on. Oh, holy fuck. This movie was bad. I'm sitting there watching it, and, okay, I thought I was watching a skit from Monty Python at the very beginning of the movie. Did you like the twist? There is none. No, that Earth is Unicron. That's a pretty good twist. That's a pretty stupid twist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, okay, I never even thought of that. Interesting. I'll give you points for that. It was. I mean, it's, this movie was horrible, um, I, and I'm used to it from a you know a Transformers movie. And I'm like, okay, this movie's gonna be bad, but maybe it's gonna have some good fight scenes or you know some, you know some. Uh, I think it was better than the one before. Uh, was it Age of Extinction? I think is what it was. Yes. No. No. Oh. No. Age of Extinction kind of kind of it, it actually kind of had a a point and a plot and it, it had a, a, a direction to go. This movie had nothing. This was all over the place. Everything was just thrown in there just to be thrown in there. There was no no reason for anything. Oh, we're having this hot chick, you know, that, you know, is the replacement to Megan Fox. And we're going to have her in there just because she's a hot-looking chick. And uh, To be fair, I was impressed that they gave her so many skills she's almost mary sue level of skill yes i mean it, it was just ridiculous but I'm okay with that. 
mean, it was it was horrible. I mean, like I said, I was watching the first. I'm like, did I put in Transformers first night? Oh is yeah, this, it, is, you like what's going on? The it, best part it, of that is to reveal that Bumblebee was a badass in World War Two. And I'm like, I'm, I'm and and I was okay with it. There was not a problem with that. There's no. always been this one underlying history that you know the. Transformers have been around forever and helping us forever. It wasn't just recently. Mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> I mean, this was... Like I said, I thought I was watching Mighty Python at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, I literally didn't think I was watching Transformers. Rough. Let's, let's be honest. Oh. But they're rough. It was, it was horribly bad. I mean, I was... I was so mortified by this. I mean, even the people that were watching it was like, this is really, really bad for a Transformers movie. I go... I don't know. This is really, really bad for a movie. Oh God! I should rope Banyan in to watch all of them with me. Um, it was. It was just. It was. I was disgusted by while watching it because even the things didn't even work. Nothing worked in the story. The characters didn't work. Nobody in there I thought was worth a damn. Come on, French Hot Rod. That was that was cinematic masterpiece. Oh fuck you, John. You see the straight face? I work on the straight face. Oh, that, I mean, it was so bad. Lie, and poor Anthony Hopkins. That, how can you put him in there and give him that he, role? And he was not the right man for that role. No, they didn't give his character enough gravitas to warn Anthony Hopkins. No, it was really bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I, it, I, it, I would call it watchable. I thought it was watchable. It, it's right there with four space RPs type thing. It was oh, just I so would, bad. The the, the plot was horrible. The acting was horrible. The horrible, horrible. The 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 plot was it made no Come on, sense. Mark Wahlberg is a totally credible action star in these movies. Uh, everything was just bad. Again, like, oh my god, bad. Face. I can't believe that they made that. I'm so glad they're not going to let Michael Bay touch that crap again. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't think it's his fault. I think you got to blame the director, the yeah. uh, the screenwriters a bit for that. Hey Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for Hi, joining Hannah. us. Um, but it, it was bad. I, I I felt bad for it. I'm like, oh please don't screw Still up Bumblebee. Still better than Transformers too. I don't know, man. Dude, you get a, you, you need to rewatch that. I don't think I just said those words. I can't believe I just said those words. But you need to rewatch that because that movie was shit on a shingle. I'll have to rewatch it again because well, Transformers last night. I mean, it was just. It went. It went nowhere. It did nothing. It didn't advance shit. It was a pile of stinking dog poop. Transformer poop. Shit, but it's not necessarily in a way you like. Obviously. Yeah. No, it was horrible. So four four space herpes for me. I'm sorry. That was bad. <laughs> well, let me do mine. Mine in the worst. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do mine randomly because I'm not cognitive enough to think of them in worst to best. I'll start with the movie I've already seen, but I watched again as the last movie in my old place. And that is Triple X, Return of Xander Cage, which I have now seen three times. <laughs> so I reviewed it when it first came out. I saw it in the theater when it first came out. And then I reviewed it on, it's on Amazon Prime for free, I think, or Netflix for free, one of the two. I reviewed it for uh, Minis and Movies when I did the Triple X series in reverse order because I'm crazy like that. <laughs> And it is almost a great movie. Like, the first act is a Vin Diesel ego check. Like, ah, I'm, I'm Triple X, I'm awesome. And then after they introduce the rest of the characters, it just gets so much better. 
because it's got an international cast. It's got Ruby Rose from Australia. It's got uh, an Indian woman whose name I couldn't pronounce with this much alcohol in me to save my life, so I won't even try, who's very amusing. It's got um, people whose name I can't remember because I have too much alcohol in me. I probably should have cut that drink a little more. <laughs> There's a little botch. Uh, one second while I uh, get something to help me here. Uh, Donnie Yen. God, how can I remember Donnie Yen? Donnie Yen is great, but I'll see anything with Donnie Yen in it. And then it's also got Tony Ja from a ton of movies in Hong Kong. He's great. Um, Rory McCann plays this sort of uh, uh, British uh, guy who crashes into stuff. That's his thing. He's a driver, crashes into stuff. He's cool. Chris Wu, who I think is actually a Chinese pop star, plays a... Um, sort of a DJ whose power is he's fun to be around. But all these people are competent and it's great. And they start off on two different teams working against each other to get the MacGuffin. And I'm just going to call him MacGuffin because that's what it is. Yeah. And it's great. And they end up teaming up together because of course the overall agency is bad. They don't want him to have the MacGuffin because that's what happens with MacGuffins like these. And honestly, God, this sounds horrible. Vin Diesel is the worst part of the movie. He's the worst <laughs> member of that team. Because he's sort of cruising through stuff. He used to, like, really get into it. Like, the last time I really saw him get into his character was probably the third um, Riddick movie, where he really gets into that character. That guy has a distinct character he gets into. But, I mean, he tries, but he's he's kind of coasting. But the international cast, everyone else adds to it, makes him better. It even has Ice Cube in it, reprising his role and being very amusing, if not... I mean, he's not great, but he's very, very amusing. Uh, like, literally, I feel like if you had a better screenwriter on this movie, this movie could have been, like, one of those cult great movies. Otherwise, unfortunately, it's just really good. Like, it starts off slow, like I said, and then ends. It's got a lot of potential. Like, there's scenes with Ruby Rose and the Indian woman, uh, whose name is... I, I don't think I can pronounce it. Let me sit, take a try. Yeah. Deepika Pudonke? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, um, but they're getting together. They're talking, and it's not just standard bullshit. Women like, oh, you're at my man, bullshit. There's some... some chemistry between Deepika and uh, Triple and uh, uh, Triple X that are interesting wasn't going anywhere it's not like it goes too fast or anything and you know the, the way it's obvious that Triple X is friends with these people and knows them is kind of cool and it's just amusing to watch the ending like the last sec the second or third act of this movie aside from one scene that is regrettable of motorcycles on the water with skis. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> this movie is really, really enjoyable and fun to watch. And if the whole movie was like that, it'd be great. Unfortunately, it goes into merely pretty, pretty okay to watch and enjoyable. Uh, I'll give it uh, two space herpes, one for Vin Diesel himself and one for Tony Gonzalez. Never be in a movie again. You fucker. <laughs> yes. One of the greatest tight ends ever. Hats off. Stay the fuck out of movies. <laughs> there you go. Gonzo, hit me with something. All right, I got two more to go. Um, and 
The last one, I thought it was going to be a pretty crappy movie. I really honestly thought it was going to be crappy, was going to be just blatant, boring, whatever. Uh, and I watched the new Chips movie. Uh, before, with, before you start, this got really, really shitty reviews from every reviewer I respect. Yes, and duly so. But the problem was some of the comedy. I mean, okay, let's just say this was not a chip serious movie. This is a comedy that just uses the chip's name. So, to be fair, that's how they've been doing all of these remakes, TV yes. series to, to movies. It's it's the formula. So let's not hold that against it. Yeah. Um, and so I was fully expecting it to be pretty stupid, an yeah. idiot, so on and so forth. Has some pretty big name actors in it. Some really good ones. Um, but it had some funny as fuck scenes in it. I mean, there were some scenes in there that I actually was laughing and crying. A lot of it is slapstick comedy type stuff. Um, them doing stupid things or stupid things happening, uh, embarrassing each other. Uh, I really, really wish I could have seen like a bloopers reel of it because it probably would have been even funnier. Uh, oh, yeah, so movies need to bring back the the Cannonball Run Jackie Chan style blooper reel at the end. That is oh. so. Oh, those were always fun. Yeah, but I mean, it was really, really good. For I, I was I was expecting crap, and after I watched it, I was like, that was actually pretty damn funny. Um, all the plots are all predictable. Everything you know, you you don't go in there really worrying about it too much. Um, but some of the comedy is really, really funny. Um, some of the stuff is, is, is like, damn, did they just really, yeah, they pixelated that guy's dick because they couldn't show it on there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's just some stuff in there that you're laughing, you're waiting for it. And you know, there's going to be some stupid slapstick type comedy. And it's just hilarious. Had some really good one-liners. Had some really good uh, give each other shit lines. Uh, it, it's a buddy cop movie is pretty much what it is. Um, Dax uh, is what was one of the writers, and I like him as an actor. Uh, I think he did some really cool stuff, um, and it was actually pretty dang good. It was better than I thought it was gonna be, uh, and I think that's the reason why I kind of put it up there higher than the other two movies. Um, I could have used a good laugh, and it was pretty damn funny. Um, Definitely, um... Knowing your mood is also very important yeah. in a movie. Trying to watch a comedy when you're not in the mood for it is bad, and that's yeah. that's the hardest part about picking a movie, honestly, sometimes. You get in a movie, and it's not... It's not the right movie for your mood. No. And you don't know that until you start. But, I mean, it was really good. It, it, I would give it two space RPs because you're, you're seeing what it is. It's a buddy cop movie, like a bad boys, and just using the chip's name. Um... But it was pretty dang funny. Um, the bathtub scene is really funny. Um, I, I'd give it. A, I'd give it a shot just to go and watch it, just for the good fun of it. Um, okay. It, it, it's it's something you could just sit back and not have to worry about. I mean, just have a good time with the movie. Good popcorn flick. How about that? Okay, good popcorn flick. That's fair. Oh, so, so my next one. Okay. I'll do my other movie. Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. I know this is quote unquote a classic from 1991 that I have not seen till now. And everyone's like, "Oh, you should see that." Everyone, most people I talk to, like, "Oh, you haven't seen that? You should see it." Fuck you all. <laughs> Seriously, this was not a good movie. This was not a good movie in 1991 when it came out. It's not a good movie now. 
I've never heard anyone say that that's a classic. I, I have friends who are like, I haven't seen that. You should see that. Like, it's not a good action movie. It's not a good anything movie. To be fair, it's also not a bad movie, nor is it a bad anything movie. It is purely mediocre. It is an entire... It, it is an hour and 38 minutes of your life that you're like, eh, I spent that. Okay. And the whole concept is... Uh, Mickey Rourke is... His name's not actually Harley Davidson, but they call him Harley Davidson because he rides Harley Davidson. And... Um, then Don Johnson is... He, he actually has a name. It's like Robert something... I forget. It tells it tells you at the end, but they call him the Marlboro. Call him Marlboro. And it's just the whole plot is they're old friends. They were down on their luck, you know. Parents left them, whatever. And the owner of this bar, who they just call like the old man, uh, you know, sort of took them in. And they formed this bond with these other people, kept them off the street, kept them out of the gutter. You know, that sort of heartwarming thing. And then he finds out, like, you know, hey, you know, I got this this place for a song and a dance with no one to be here. I renegotiated the contract on my own terms when it came due. And now, you know, they've turned, you know, Burbank into an international airport. And they want to tear this place down and make it a skyscraper. So they want $2.5 million for a five-year lease. And so they know the only way to get that money is to rob a bank. This is the protagonists, the people you're supposed to side with. Like, in the Blues Brothers, they're like, we need to get the band back together to play gigs to get this kind of money. Okay, I can get behind that. You're going to rob a bank? Now, it turns out you side with them because they robbed the armored car. They don't kill anyone because they're not trying to do that. Um, but it's all full of drugs, which... Like, they, they set it up. Like, you can see it coming a mile away. But you're just like, the fuck? This is... I, I don't want to root for these guys. They're not nice. They're... They're not... They're funny, but they're not, like, people you would want to root for. They're robbing a bank to keep this guy's business in place when, like, you know, sometimes that shit happens. It's not like, you know, like he's I've got a fair lease and these guys are trying to muscle me out. No, they're... It's now prime real estate. They want him to pay more money or they're going to turn into a skyscraper. That shit happens. So, it's... <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how this fucking movie got made. <laughs> it's not good. It's not bad. It's fucking mediocre. It's you know? kind of the end of uh, Don Johnson's career, I think. That was He was just hanging on for dear life to any shred of career. Well, after he had that series with uh, Cheech... On TV. Oh. Oh, that's right. My but, dad I mean, used to watch Don that. Don Johnson is not the bad point of this movie. Ricky Work is not the bad point of this movie. Whoever wrote this movie needs to be punched in the dick. Because <laughs> this is not, like... So maybe in the 90s you can get this movie made, but nowadays this is not going to cover it. The action's not cool enough. The characters aren't likable enough. Yeah, Nash Bridges. Thank you, Cosmic Cubicle. <laughs> um, I'm a little too many drinks in to be remembering shit like that. It's just, it's not good. Again, it's not bad. It's got a lot of people before they quote-unquote hit big. It's got a really young Tom Sizemore in it as one of the bad guys. But it doesn't use anyone good. It doesn't 
do enough to make itself unique. It is the definition of a bog standard, mediocre as fuck action movie. Should you watch it? I don't know. Do you have an hour and 38 minutes to waste? If so, do it. I did. I was waiting for laundry. I'm like, fuck, I'll watch this. It's on Amazon Prime for free. Literally, I just spent an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Okay, cool. Is it worth the time? Meh. I, I give it two and a half space for a piece. It is the definition of uh, average action movie. There's a ton of average action movies you should watch instead of it, and a ton of action movies you should watch it instead of. That's all I can say. It just doesn't have enough of anything. It needed a hook. It didn't have a hook. <laughs> it took the fact that everyone's named after pop, uh, after things. Um, Don Johnson is the Marlboro Man. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Ricky Work is Harley Davidson. Chelsea Field, who you remember from Masses Universe, and the wife from Last Boy Scout is Virginia Slim. Then uh, their uh, Hispanic friend is Jose, as in Jose Cuervo. <laughs> Big John Studd is Jack Daniels. I mean, they've got a theme and they're going for it, but it's not a good theme. Cosmic Cube wants to know, was it better than the Street Fighter movie? Ooh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not close. I mean, I, I should... As soon as the Street movie is available for free, I will totally rent it and watch it, but this rates up there with this is worse than, say, Arnold Schwarzenegger The Last Stand, which I thought was the definition of an above-average action movie. You know, the, these are the two I sort of go, this is sort of the, this is the average action movie gap from The Last Stand to this, you know? There's nothing in this movie I hated, but there's nothing in this movie worth, there's no hook to bring you in and make you want to watch it. Not like, oh, you got to see this scene that's amazing. Or this performance that stands out among everyone else that's amazing. It, it's just not good. Uh, two and a half stays for a piece. Gonzo, you better finish your last one quick because we're running out of time. Um, and I really don't want to go quick, but I'm going to go as best I can. I watched the new version of It. Um, and I was expecting, you know, spooky, you know, creepy... Um, jump out of the top scares. No. This movie reminded me <clears throat> of when I watched Nightmare on Elm Street the first time. Um, this reminded me of old school horror movies. This was not, let's jump you, let's, you know, jump screens, all this stuff. This was downright creepy. It was horror intensified. It was one of the best horror movies I've seen in a very long time. Um, you're watching it and you're like, that's kind of fucked up. Um, you know, or, you know, that's, you know, that's really, really creepy. That's, that's gross. That's really cool. Um, it reminded me very much of like if, you know, Stand by me with a horror flick. The kids were real <laughs> likable. Okay. Uh, the kids were very much in tune to each other. You can tell that they had a good bonding buddy relationship in the movie. Uh, it dealt with some real world situations. Uh, of course, it's based in 1986. <coughs> so you know that's when I grew up. Um, so I can kind of you know I can kind of feel for that. But I mean, the kids were really. <laughs> I haven't. Ha ha. 
but the kids were really, really good. They really had a connection between each other. They all had, you know, you all, you felt good for everybody. Everybody felt really solid. Um, even the bad kids, you were like, that kid's pretty screwed up. But it was still, you know, there. The creepy, evil, disgusting, make you want to, like, look away because it was not gory, but because it was horrifying, was there. It was done so well. If you like good horror flicks, go watch this. Um, it was, it, it was super super good. I was really impressed there, because I, and of course I was watching it late at night too to make sure I got the you know the the full atmosphere of it. Um, it was very good for a horror movie. Um, they the guy I can't remember the the guy's real name that played it. Um, was super good at it too. I don't know how some of those kids didn't get like super creeped out as they were acting it because they were really, really good. Uh, these kids, the way they acted and the stuff they did in there, you were like, these kids, I hope they're okay when they come out after filming this movie <laughs> because they did some really good acting. I was really impressed with it. I will watch it again um, just to see and get things that I missed. Um, I know they're doing a part two um, yes. with them as adults, uh, which is even cooler. Oh, this is the original one. Jesus. Yeah. I was trying to tell you who uh, played the Pennywise the Clown, but yeah. I got to the original one, and obviously in the original one it was uh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Yeah. How did you get better than Tim Curry? Oh, I know. This, but the guy that – it was one of the Yorkinsons or whatever. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård. That's what I said. Okay. Uh, and the Skarsgård family, they make they're all those guys are all good. Yeah, those uh, guys are amazing. But I mean, his his portrayal of it and the way he acted and moved and the way he talked, you were just like, dude, you creep me the fuck out, and I love that because it was done so well. Um, just things that you watch, you're like, yeah, that just happened. Uh, but it also touches on a lot of subjects with the kids. It's not just about the horror. Um, you know, a fat kid, uh, a kid that has health issues, you know, and it still hit all the keys. You still liked the kids. You still felt for the kids for what's happened to them outside of the horror film. So, I mean, it was solid. I, I, I don't even want to give it any uh, space herpes because it was just so good. But I do want to see it again to see, you know, other things. So if you like horror flicks, go watch it. It was amazing. Cool. And I'm not a horror fan. I just thought it was like wanted to see it. Uh, so we can skip my last one. It's not important. We were five minutes over. Time we'll save it for next done. week. If I remember. Um, before we go, guys, uh, make sure we want to thank all of our sponsors uh, that make all this happen: uh, Tectonic Craft Studios, Mechanica Studios, and Broken Egg Games. Um, we also want to thank all of y'all. Um, yeah. The things that we've been doing lately is because of y'all. Um, Every bit of money that comes in from uh, Twitch, which uh, we appreciate everybody that's done uh, subscribing and follows. We didn't hit our goal tonight, so we can't do the go uh, giveaway, but we'll keep that goal open. So when we do hit 200 followers, we will give that item away um, because we do all this because of y'all. It's been yep. a blast doing this. Uh, we're going to have a lot more stuff coming up. Um, our weekly... Uh, 
paint-alongs or streams are going to change just a bit. Kathy's still doing Mondays and Thursdays at uh, 10 a.m. Um, the yep. other times, I've got to change the times because there's way too many people streaming at the same time for what we do. And I don't. it's not that I don't mind competition. I just want to be able to provide stuff for y'all when y'all want it. Um, yeah. And uh, Gonzo has approached me about potentially... Uh, Occasionally streaming my streaming my hobby streak, which as soon as I get a new setup, uh, I will consider because uh, it's only half an hour. It's a quick uh, in and out, and then we raid somebody. Uh, might yeah. be a good idea. Yeah. Hashtag pro assembly. Uh, <laughs> hashtag quick assembly. <laughs> Not pro. I just like I put shit together. Look, legs. They're assembled. Good enough for me. Hashtag um, amateur assembly. Amateur assembly. Oh, I'm, I'm not an amateur. Let's let's a little not. respect. A little respect. <laughs> Uh, I've been doing this for 20 years, for fuck's sake. I'd like a little respect. Xander, well, we are probably... We're probably going to go on... I'm probably going to put a post up and a poll to find out what are good times for people. Um, I think the Friday Night Late the Friday night late is a good time, but it's also, again, another time that a lot of people are on. Yeah, there's a lot of people on. Because, guys, we're trying to really build our Twitch stream up. We really want to get more people in here. Um, and, so if you like what you're seeing, make sure you hit the follow. And if you've already followed or subscriber... It's amazing. We can't do this without y'all. And throw us comments. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. I mean, that is the that's our way of finding out. Yeah. If you don't like something, don't just be quiet about it. Let us know. We're yeah. not going to take it personally. We want to know what you do and don't like, so that we can do things better. Also, pimp us out. This is combined. Tell tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Fuck. Tell them too. Yeah. Say hey, guys. You should watch these guys. We're doing all this other stuff. Um. Other than that, um, we will have some news, hopefully, and I'll be able to show some stuff off. Uh, we may do a poll to get things going. Don't forget to watch Kathy on Monday and Thursday morning. Um, that's where the real talent is. Yes. Um, so give her some love Hashtag there. Hashtag pro-painting. Hashtag really, really pro-painting. Um, do what you want, because the pirate is free. You are a pirate. Someone just hosts this. Well, and uh, thank you for the host, but we're about to jump off. Um, we will be sending you to somewhere else. Um, yeah, actually, uh, guys, guys, stick around. I'm going to send y'all off to a guy that I just met recently. And he's been oh, doing some really cool. It is Wings Edge. This guy Edge, yeah. is amazing. Stick around for him. Give him a follow. Give him a like. Uh, he's got the best a... voice for podcasting. <laughs> he has an amazing voice. Let me get you all set up real quick. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get us to our next screen. And we will go over there and raid him. Thanks a I'm lot, John. guys. Oh, yeah, I'm Gonzo. <laughs> Stick around, guys. I'm going to send y'all to Wing's Edge. Just a little bit. Clap if we don't eat dinner before we podcast. It should be. Great incoming. I had steak. Jim makes sure that I have steak before the podcast. Jim, can you go make steak? I like steak. Come on, guys. Everybody jump in on this raid. Help this guy out. Raid, raid, raid. He's going to freak out. His voice is amazing. Yeah, I, I follow him. I watched him for a bit on Friday. 